Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Kahala and I'm your host. Today we are going to have the most fun we've probably had on any episode as we talk about something near and dear to my heart that I absolutely love, sports. Sports of all kinds. And so today we have the epitome of what I consider to be black girl magic in the sporting industry, in the sports industry. Today we have Jasmine Hill Pitts who is the assistant basketball coach for the women's Cougars at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. And we have Jada Hill, who is social media coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Thanks for having, for having us. us. Oh right. my goodness. I'm just so happy that you're here. I'm just so happy that you're here for so many reasons, but you know, We'll get into all of that. You all are amazing. You all out here killing it, doing everything that y'all need to be doing. And I'm just so proud of you both. Thank so proud you. Of thank you, you. So thank you for coming on. So let me ask y'all. I ask everybody. Are y'all Greek? Well, you know. <laughs> I only chose the best sorority known to man. <laughs> A proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. All right, that's right, that's right. And give your chapter a shout out. The absolutely amazing Alpha Beta Zeta Omega chapter. Thank you. And see, I am also a member of the absolutely amazing chapter of Alpha Beta Zeta Omega. So that is awesome. And please tell us. Here to represent for Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Um, I pledge it in Delta Kappa from at SIUE. That is awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, it has finally happened. We have a non-Alpha Kappa Alpha yes. woman because Pearls and Politics podcast is for all women, all women of color. And we have our first finer woman on today. Yes, I, I was yes, so happy yes. about that. I love my Alpha Kappa Alpha, but I was so happy because we are inclusive of all women and all members of the Divine Nine. So welcome. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. I ask people all the time, how do we know each other? How, how do we know each other? Well, I think that we are blessed to all be related now, aren't we? <laughs> That's our big cousin. You're a big cousin. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Coach Jazz and Jada are my baby. So I babysat and changed diapers. And I have watched these two women just grow into be so amazing. And I'm so proud of y'all. Like I said, I wasn't going to cry this episode because um, we have so many heartfelt things to talk yeah. about. But I am so proud of you and everything that you're doing. And I'm not surprised that either one of you have reached the levels of excellence that you have. So we're going to let Big Sister go first. Okay. Coach Jess, <laughs> tell us about you. Um, so, you know, I, I'm blessed to coach the, the sport of basketball for a living. Um, and just, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother of about to be two um, and, you know, a wife at the same time, a woman of God, a woman of faith. 
Um, and like I said, just blessed to be able to coach the sport of basketball and be engrossed in, in a sport that's given me so much um, on my day to day. And so you've been playing basketball your whole life. Yes, ma'am. Since the age of three was when I picked up the basketball is what my dad tells me. And from there, I didn't look back. Didn't look back. Okay. And so you young lady. Yes. Social media coordinator. Yes, yes. So in the football realm, um, definitely didn't grow up playing the sport that, you know, I work in. I grew up running track and everything. But unlike Jasmine, with the little ones, I have two little dogs, Zeus and Hera. So those are my two little sidekicks and we go everywhere together. Um, but, you know, just young and figuring it out, relaxing, going with the flow, enjoying the little people. And so you... <laughs> were a cheerleader. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that little point in time. That's so bad. I was. I was. I cheered. Um, and an amazing cheerleader. We got videos mm -hmm. of the flip and Ooh. the flip and the flip. I mean, she would just flip and keep going. So. And I don't even think, like, I actually got on the trampoline last night with the kids. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm a little sore tomorrow. My back going to be hurting. I can't flip like I used to. But, um, no, yeah, that was definitely, that was a... That was the fun part. So I guess that that's the exciting part of whenever I start dabbling in football. Like, oh, okay, I think I was too, I used to be too engrossed in watching versus, you know, remembering that I was supposed to be on the sideline cheering. So that was a, a step. Okay. And now you are with the Indianapolis Colts. But right before that, you also had a wonderful job opportunity. Yes, so I actually wasn't too far removed from basketball. So both of us Hill girls were in basketball. Um, I was working at the University of Houston. I was the director of recruiting and creative content for the women's basketball team. And I miss my girls so much to talk to them just about at least once a week. Hey, y'all. <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> they know I miss them. I bug them all the time. But um, it, it was definitely a hard place to leave. Of course, you know, you build those relationships. You get so close to the girls and once you're doing great things. But bigger opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you're now with the Indianapolis Colts. And how long have you been with them? So this will be my first season. I just completed my first training camp. So now the season's getting ready to start and it's definitely, it's been all football 24 seven. Okay. So it sounds like all three of us have a love for sports that started from the very beginning. You know, anyone who has watched, you know, season two of Pros and Politics knows that, you know, I grew up in sports. You know, my dad, I was a daddy's girl and my dad was, as you all know, a, a referee. And, you know, most people hear me only talk about his D1 NCAA experience, but his favorite was Little League. That and I'm like, but dad, you get like the the pay ain't the same. Like we are not the same. And he like because if you actually do what you love, you never work right. a day in your life. Right. And so, but he loved to watch the little people. He also did semi pro football. He was a softball um like he did it all. And so, being a daddy's girl and running behind him, you know, all my life until he passed that developed my love for, you know, all sports. And so you all have a very similar story. Right. So how did you all fall in love with athletics? I would say my story is almost identical to yours, following my dad around. Um, I still remember going to watch him play pickup at Lincoln High School when it was still there. Um, and I would be sitting in the bleachers in my pumpkin seat before I could even get up to see what was going on. And then after that, as a toddler running up and down the sidelines, listening to him and his friends talk noise. And um, I won't say that I, I took a neck to all sports. I was more so just 
engrossed in basketball something in me was like i love this sport and i want to learn more about it so watching my dad you know be the hooper that he thought he was um i just you know took it and, and wanted to take it to the next level and so him you know helped guide me and coach me over the years helped me do that but it, it definitely came from daddy <laughs> no yeah same here i think that um you know for me being younger than jasmine watching both of them on the sideline like i would be bored so i would either be running up and down the like doing laps or i would be like you know tumbling around the circles but um really like my kind of love tapped in for all sports my dad used to play the video game and he would play ncaa football not madden he's never been a madden person <laughs> um it's still like he would still play like he would not get a new playstation because you could not play college football up until of course like now um so i remember i used to always be like hey dad like you know i want to play with you he's like jada you don't know the thing about football and I don't remember how old I was. Maybe I was definitely in elementary school, but that's kind of like once I got the love for football because he sat there and taught me the entire game while he was sitting there playing because I wanted to play so bad. So he was like, okay, now you know everything. Now you can play with me. I was like, okay. So that kind of um, broadened my horizon of like, oh, like the introduction to football, being a little girl, you know, at that such young of an age. So what you're doing now, I've already talked y'all a thousand times and two i'm like my lips are chapped i i totally see i've always seen you all at the level of excellence that you are is this what you thought like so many people you're like oh you know being a lawyer is it everything that you thought and it depends on what day you ask <laughs> so is this exactly what you envision for your life i would say for me um Probably my sophomore year of college is when I knew that I wanted to coach. And um, before that, you would have asked me and I'd have said I'd, I'd be in the WNBA, probably like every other little girl basketball player. Um, but yeah, once once I became a sophomore in college, that vision kind of became clear. Um, and then so if you asked me from that point on, I would have said, yes, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And this is this is where I would be walking. Um, so I would say yes. And yeah, same for me. I mean, um, I always knew when I was a little girl, I was going to be in some type of media avenue, whether it was in front of the camera, behind the camera. I told my parents when I was maybe five that I was going to be on TV, did that. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I'm checking boxes. But I think I might have been 18 or so. And I was like, I'm going to be in the NFL by 25. I signed my contract 10 days before my 26th birthday. So, yeah, it's definitely this is the exact spot I knew I was going to be in at this point in my life. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but we figured it out. And it's so funny because, as you say, I have on my Peyton Manning uh, Colts jersey. Now, this jersey is literally, like I told them, over a decade old. <laughs> and my wonderful husband bought this for me years ago when we first started dating because I lived in Indianapolis for a decade. And in my former life, the Colts were my team. And Peyton Manning was my guy. Like, don't say nothing about no Peyton Manning. Right. He's the greatest. You know, I don't care what you say about the mother folks that played in New England or whatever. <laughs> Peyton Manning is the jam, okay? And so it's really funny that, you know, long time ago, years ago, after college, I moved to Indianapolis from East St. Louis, from Champaign, at the University of Illinois. But um, I moved to Indianapolis, 22 years old, no family, no friends. And then here comes the one that her mom and dad have always been like, you act just like this dog on college. Right. And so to 
to then be able for you, like you said, 25 sliding right on home in the 26, for you to move to Indianapolis, you know, with very little family or friends or anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is just amazing. <laughs> and so now we're sitting here with this coat to wear on. Right. Um, and my dad, SIU Edwardsville was one of the schools that hired him the most. Um, and I clearly remember season after season going with him in his cashmere overcoat and his hat as he always, you know, he was like, no, you don't go to D1 games looking any kind. He never looked any kind right. of way anyway. Right. He was retired military. <laughs> he was, um, he had a work ethic like none other and he would shine them shoes and even his official shoes were shine. You only wear black tennis shoes and you put that, I don't even know if they make it anymore, that black liquid around the, yes, the I remember the that. He's going to put some respect <laughs> right, on his name. Right. Yes, his eye. And so for you to now be at Edwardsville coaching, if he were alive, like, I don't think you would be able to keep him from a game. Like, he would have been at the front every <laughs> season. season. tickets. Mm, season season tickets. In the same seat, in probably. The same seat, <laughs> you know, and so just to see how both of you have just come. I mean, your mom and dad went to Edwardsville, and they, your dad pledged to Edwardsville. Your dad is legendary at Edwardsville. Yeah. So just to, um, just to see how it has just come full circle on so many levels is just... It's just mind-boggling. So, and again, I just, I'm just so proud of y'all. But as we know, just like in many fields, um, in many careers, it is not, like black women are not at the forefront or there are not a lot of us representing in that arena. So for both of you, have there been any challenges that you all have faced in terms of moving forward you know, all systems go, or all gas, no brakes, as we say sometimes, into the industry that you all love so much? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, and you hit it right on the head, There, there's not a lot of representation. And in my field specifically, um, we're usually the assistant. You know, we're the recruiter. Um, we're the assistant that's able to connect with those um, athletes that, you know, everybody wants at their university. Um, Thanks but we're we're not usually the head we're we're not um in that in that front runner seat um to run our own program so for us or for myself um just you know always trying to be better um always trying to um you know do your job in a way that that just sets yourself apart from others um and whether that's based off you know the color of your skin or just how you operate or how you treat people um that's always been in the back of my mind so i would just say challenges is you know that everyone else faces of being looked over because of you know whatever reasons or, or because you know the color of your skin um or, or being passed over for jobs with you have less experience or, or someone has less experience than you i should say um and them getting an opportunity of being a head coach and you you know have to have to sit and get more experience but i think uh i'm like i said i'm a woman of faith so i believe that everything happens in god's time and so i'm never really stressed about how fast they got it or you know what they got over there because i know when my time comes like it's, it's gonna be it's truly coming. ordained so yeah so i, I i'm I, I would say there are challenges but i think it's just things that make you better you know mm -hmm. and, and that's how i look at it so yeah, dang. I think she hit it right on the, the nose. I mean, especially, um, you know, in football, 
now you're seeing more women you know you're you'll see a sprinkle of women of color in there but you're slowly starting to see more women and i think it just goes back to of course like your faith like you know like i know god got me so i'm like okay it's fine like you know i'll i'll get to that point but i think it's also like she said it makes you better because you know you're you're having these you know there's these men they're like oh you know there's these girls in here like they don't know anything about this you know so you kind of just like okay well you know i do but i think it, it also gives you kind of like a sense of patience where you're normally you know if you were in a room with majority women and you would be okay with bold and saying something it gives you that moment of patience of like okay maybe i shouldn't go you know act this way let me just give it a minute and just be like, okay, like I know that they're just not used to seeing a female in this situation. So let's just, you know, let them maneuver a little bit and I'm gonna continue to kind of, like she said, get be better. And like, I like what both of you said in terms of your faith, because we all know what God has for you is for you. Amen. And in your, in your time and in your season, we've seen it. What did you say? You were like, look, by the time I'm 25, <laughs> this is what I wanna do. Right. And here you are. Oh. I decided my sophomore year, you know, running point at Edwardsville that right. I wanted to be a coach. And this is not even your first coaching job, right? No, and no. you've received awards and accolades. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but he is continuing to grow you where you're at. And so a lot of times, rep in all times, in all situations, representation matters. But in terms of an individual, you know, case by case basis, it's all about, again, blooming where you're planted and making sure that you're being everything that Todd Hill and Bruce Hill told us to be excellent. You right. don't have the option, right? right. For yeah. a number of reasons. So one, because you're, you're people of faith and two, because you know you come from a family that believes in excellence. Three, because you operate, like you said, in excellence for the Lord. But we also know that, again, people are watching and people are looking and you're looking to do better for yourself. And then the young black girl, the, you know, the right. Deus, right. and Caitlin's, <laughs> right. okay, and the Cocos yeah. that come after us. I tell people all the time that I take hits so Caitlin doesn't have to. I, you know, I fight the good fight so Caitlin doesn't have to because my prayer is that these are not even topics of conversation right. when Daya and Coco exactly. and Caitlin yeah. are our age. It's nothing, right? right. Women are always in the room, mm -hmm. okay? Right. People of color are always it's not a representation exactly. issue anymore. And right. if I have to cry when I go home, right? If I have to take a hit, then I'm gonna do that. But you all have watched growing up. Y'all like, okay, well, Kahala, if it ain't one thing, it's something else. Like she gonna win an election in a pandemic. <laughs> right, she right, gonna be right. chief council. She gonna, exactly because God is with me. Yeah. And so I think your perspectives are so important. And we just gonna keep building. Amen. Mm -hmm. And we just gonna keep climbing. <laughs> so, but how do you manage like stress? Because that's not even a race or gender issue at all. That's a human no, no. issue. Exactly. So when it's playoff season, or you know it's training camp, or y'all trying, y'all got the wild card, <laughs> you know, and social media gotta be on ten, you know, and as a mom. Yeah. Okay, and a wife, and you got the fur babies, but <laughs> it will be you one day. Okay, right. we will go down that road one day. How do you all manage your mental health? Like, and how do you manage your other outside of your job, you know, relationships and keep that balance? Yeah. 
that's a that's a good one and i'm still learning this and i think it hit me harder than ever this past season because for me coming home taking on the responsibility of like this is my alma mater this is my baby like this is i'm gonna do this better than anybody's ever done it i took right (laughs) i took on so much and i was just like i'm like i'm okay i want to do this and i want to do that and so i was overwhelmed in a sense but not feeling overwhelmed yet and until it got to be too much um so one thing i sought out was therapy last year and that really helped me and i was somebody who was totally like ignorant to therapy and was like you know i I don't need that i don't need to talk to somebody about my feelings i can just you know whatever um and so for me seeking out therapy talking to a therapist that really helped me balance because the woman you know you have so much stress at work or you have you know just a high stress job where you're pouring so much into it how do i go home and still have something left for the people who love me and and want to see nice mommy when she walks through the door um so that has really helped me and, and something my therapist uh shared with me was just putting on that other cape so like once i leave work i got about a 30 minute drive to change my cape and you know put on the wife hat and put on my mommy cape and be you know let it let the stress of the day go even though it's, it's it never ends it's 24 7. um still being able to put that to the back, you know, to to be able to give my family what they need. So that's that's my balance. And then reading for me is a, a safe space and something I do for myself. So I had to keep carving out that time, whether now it's in the mornings, I'm not a morning person, but whether it's waking up a little bit earlier to get that time before a little one wakes up where I can still have that 30 to 45 minutes just to pray and read my book and just get my mind right. Um, so those are things that have helped me manage it. I think for me, um, I feel like it's, this is a topic where you you think like that you're fine until you're not. So I never really had like, you know, times where I was just so stressed where I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna work. But once I kind of got to that point in my life where I was like, okay, now I see what everybody's talking about. I understand <laughs> it has hit me. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So um, I think for me, it became, of course, like, you know, therapy, being able to talk to someone, um, working out and then having my quiet time, like, okay, I have to sit down and whether it be me reading this Bible app and me going through a little small seven day plan or let me just sit here for an hour, I need to do something. I need to just sit here and breathe real quick because I'm I'm on 10 and I need to bring it down. Um, so I think those kind of three things for me, just they really, they kind of played off another first it was working out but then it was like i was working out all the time so i was like okay this is probably not healthy we're doing a little too much i need something else so then you know incorporating that therapy and then that quiet time with god because it was just you know you get to a point where you can't do it all yourself and you know you may be going to therapy you may have found coping mechanisms but it's nothing like that man upstairs so I had to just go knock on his door and be like, okay, I need you to come on down here and we need to talk real quick every day at this time, this needs to be our time. So uh, I think that's a big thing for me. And especially, you know, when you're transitioning like jobs or whatever, um, those are usually really high stressful times or like, you know, you're you're starting something new. So like for me, you know, training camp was something that was like super like high stress. I was nervous of the first time, but it, it just made me like really go back to those three things for me. Okay, let me start talking to somebody. Let me make sure I'm working out, have my quiet time so I can just be level headed and, you know, smooth sailing. That is awesome that you all mentioned therapy. Both of you mentioned therapy because we try our very best here at Present Politics Podcast to focus on mental health and for everybody. So we've touched on children, we've touched on women, we've touched on men. And 
we're trying to beat down the stigma because your mental health is now in what 2022 and probably always should have been. Now everyone is focusing on the fact that your mental health is equally important to your physical health Mm -hmm. and your mental health greatly impacts your physical health. So whether it's, you know, it can cause, you know, infertility, it can cause, you know, all these other different things. And to be able to manage that puts you in a position to do all the wonderful things that, you know, you want to do as a family and it makes you a better person. So I have a, a commute when I'm coming to and from work. And that has definitely been a time for me to be able to try to be compressed mm-hmm. when I'm not taking calls on my commute, I try, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but trying to listen to your music or listen to a word mm-hmm. or just trying to get your, your mind sorted. Because again, I'm that one that will turn into like psycho mom and I don't want to be psycho mom, you know? And I, I don't want to be either. No, I don't want to be psycho mom. And being a mom of a teenager, like adds to the psycho mom yeah. or whatever. And so you just try to be like, okay, breathe. Like Jada uh, said. Like, hold up you know, now, let me remember. And find, because I tried to get into working out um, and it was going really, really well. And then band camp came and slapped me right on off because band camp was like from eight to eight. And that's typically when I can finally get off the highway, get everybody, you know, kind of settled, try to get some baths for some kids. And, you know, I'm trying, to get on the treadmill at eight, but I gotta go pick you up at eight, then I gotta get you back up. It just so completely I'm... derailed. I was doing really good. Um, and so now I need to get back on that, but it did, it really helped me physically. Um, and then it also seems to help me emotionally to be mm-hmm. able to you know, work out in something that I've never really done because in my mind, you know, always been uber thin, I never had to do that. And then COVID and, 40 postpartum three times kind of stacked up on each other. And so I need to do a little bit better for myself. And so that is just awesome. But like I said, we're really trying to get everyone to understand that therapy is a good thing. Focusing on your mental health is a good thing. And it just makes you a better person. And it makes the people in your life. It's a great thing. Yeah, it is. It it makes the people in your life. They're like better because when you psycho mom, it, right. everybody you got an attitude. Hold on, what's exactly. going on? Exactly. Um, so I know you were talking, um, Jasmine, about you know some of the research that you've been doing in terms of being a better coach and you know connecting better to your players. And I think that it's something that all of us could benefit in hearing about. So tell us a little bit more yeah. about that. Um, so it's something I'm excited about. I've had the opportunity to work with our chief diversity officer at the university, Dr. Vanessa Brown, um, who has been at the university for 28 plus years. So shout out to her. Um, but she she works a great deal with our team and um, she's actually started a leadership program um, and it will be open to coaches, college coaches of all sports, um, but also to our student athletes. And so something that me and her sat down and kind of started thinking about it, she was like, well, let me let you take the, the topic of spirituality, because every time we have a conversation, I think that must be a, a trending topic of what I talk about. But um, so that's something that I've, I've started researching more. And how does this relationship between spirituality and sport go together and how do they interconnect? Um, and then also for me, just studying more about um, human connection, because in a time with just so much social media and like mm-hmm. dealing with kids that come in and they're 
they're they're very tech savvy, but not so much in face to face. And how can I have a conversation with you? Um, and so, you know, just coaching in this in this time. And I don't like to complain about it because we just have to get better and we have to adjust. This is what it is. Um, but just, you know, helping our kids navigate that and helping them still get some of those core values that we had instilled in us um, of like look someone in the eye when they're talking to you or be confident, you know, in having a conversation with your professor about whatever it is or, you know, academic advisor. Um, so helping them navigate that, but also helping them, you know, get in touch with what do I, what do I, be, where do I belong and finding, you know, how do I find connection and, you know, um, identity outside of my sport. And so for me, that's been something that I've kind of just engrossed myself in a little bit here and then maternity leave will help because I have a little time to, to, to study more and, and read more, but um, helping our players, like I said, build connection and, and connect to something outside of just sport because a lot of times and you might be able to identify this and you as well like we become what we do <clears throat> excuse me instead of um who we really finding who we really are based off what god says we are um and you know your spiritual connection might be not be god it might be you know i, I have spiritual practices of meditating or um just taking time for myself or balancing my chakras or um, it might be to the earth, like that might be my spiritual connection, but helping our players find that because a lot of times they come to college, no more mommy and daddy to send you to church or have, you know, mm -hmm. um, so just helping them have those conversations of, of discovering who they are and um, giving them an avenue to be able to do that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I can ramble on and on about <laughs> it, uh, but that's something that that I'm, I'm planning on getting going here probably in the next couple months and just continuing to research and continuing to be better. Uh, or get better in that area so that I can benefit my players and my student athletes that I come in contact with. That is awesome because both of you are definitely, I think it's like a heel thing, but <laughs> you two are definitely people people. And I just love that. Like you all can talk to anybody, you all can operate in any room or space. And a lot of that comes from the wonderful way that you were raised um, and just the wonderful people that you spent your life with because you two are so approachable <laughs> and but you are and then we sit and that's how we are we sit up and we laugh and we giggle and we have a good time and we talk about whatever we talk about and i think that definitely helps you being the social media coordinator because you're very social and she knows her stuff y'all like <laughs> she and our podcast producer before we were sitting up having me and jasmine was sitting up like we have no idea what you're talking about um because we don't and so but you have learned your craft through education mm -hmm. um, and what you study and graduated in. And then you, like we've discussed, you've had several positions even before Houston and Indianapolis that has just really built you for what you're doing now. Because again, you're not going to get picked up by the coats and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like that's just not at that level. And then with you, again, this was not your first coaching position. Mm -hmm. um, and, but everything that has been Jasmine has led you to where you are and both of you where you're going, because we all know the sky is the limit for you both. Um, and it, it's funny because, you know, I have people who are like, oh, well, this is what you're doing now. Oh yeah, you was built for this. And I'm like, really? And I'm I'm not fishing. Like literally, I'm like, you think so? And they were like, literally everything you've done your whole life, from Easter speeches right. when you were you know, to whatever you've been public speaking, you can light up a you can set a church on fire or you can speak in front of a thousand people. And you, all the time you were in three successful elections, like 
what do you mean you're wondering whether or not you can? And I'm just like, well, because I'm not presumptuous and I'm not, you know, I try to remain humble, you know, as I serve, I'm a servant leader, you know? Right. And so, but I think that the good step or the steps of a good man and woman are ordered okay. um, by the Lord. And so I think as we continue to grow, like we will continue to be led. Um, but I think you two are absolutely perfect <laughs> for what you all are doing. Good, and I know your mom is so proud and I know our dads are so proud. Um, so is there anything, any word of advice that you would give a young woman, any woman in the, fee, in, in the sports industry? any type of industry, whether it's coaching, whether it's media, whether it's front office, like whatever. Is there anything that you would tell a young woman like, this is what I want you to know? I feel like I would just say like, don't ever feel like you can't go get it. Just because, you know, like, oh, you know, this is out there, like it's out there for us to go in and break down those barriers. So, you know, just because you're a young woman, you're like, oh, you know, maybe my dream job, you wanna be in a front office. Okay, well, do what you have to do to get there because it's really possible. So don't ever feel like, you know, we're just in this little box anymore. No, we're not, we are here and they all know we're here. So go get what, what you want because I mean, it's not just gonna fall in your lap. I mean, it may, but odds are it's not so exactly. you have to do the work and go get what you want awesome. yeah um to piggyback i would say don't get comfortable and prepare in the right now um so like we talked about our steps being ordered and every you know every step mattering i think everything you do matters you know in every experience all that so like we talked about the rest representation and coaching specifically there's not a lot of black women um, at the head of programs. Um, but as an assistant, like if you're in that assistant role, if you're in that graduate assistant role, you have to start seeing yourself. What would I do if I was the head coach? How do I prepare myself for that role? Learning the X's and O's, learning the different things that head coaches have to deal with on the day to day. Um, so don't be comfortable in the role that you're in, never settle. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I will take both of those pearls of wisdom and I will use them, continue to use them for myself. Um, because again, you have to, like we said, bloom where you're planted and the sky's the limit. Like, like you said, if you see it and you're like, you know what, that's what I want. That's what I would like to do. That's where I would like to go. That's where I would like to live. And that's what I would want to drive. Or, you know, I want a family. I want, you know, you just, you just have to make plans. And you, I believe in declaring a thing and it shall be established. So mm -hmm. you know me, that is my thing. Well, you was like, <laughs> oh, by this age, that's what I'm gonna do. Because um, I think your grandmother, my auntie Catherine, you know, and several other people that I truly care about what they say, they're like, you know, I've watched you for like 44 years and you like, okay, I'm gonna, do, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go to law school. And then you went to law school, I'm graduating, you did. And then, oh, I'm gonna get married, I'm gonna have some kids and oh, I'm gonna do this. And they were like, and every time you said it, Mm -hmm. You would just, and my bishop, he's so encouraging because he's like, when my daughter rolls her sleeves up, it's over. <laughs> like, he was like, I have watched you for ten, over 10 years, face a challenge, face whatever, and you're like, oh, that's what we're doing. And so right, like, like, okay. like, when she rolled, when Kahala <laughs> rolled her sleeves up, baby, you might as well just get out the way. And people don't understand how encouraging that is. Like, when you ready to quit, 
Mm-hmm. You remember what your dad said. You yeah. remember what your mom said. You remember Kahala, you know, sent, sent you them shoes or whatever. It was mm-hmm. like, girl, you better walk in that right. room like you own it, okay? <laughs> like God sent you there, mm-hmm. you know? And so you think about those moments where somebody really said something that stuck with you and it gives you what you need to keep going. And so I want y'all to keep going. And anything that you ever need, y'all know I'm there. Always, always will be, no matter what it is. For y'all, y'all kids, your fur babies, your future babies, and for your destiny, I'm always there. And I just thank you so much for coming on. I was like, I got to get the the, the magic in the sports industry to come on and grace us on Pearls and Politics podcast. So I thank you so much for coming on. I love y'all. And this was just awesome. Oh, yes. Thank you. Look right. And it's vice versa. Thank you for having me. Oh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Please join us again next week. But in the meantime, like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Thanks.